Hey, Kingsters. Do we have a show for you this week? I actually had Buster, who's been previously back on, back on with his um, sub, Toko, because I wanted to talk to them about Findom. Uh, they're one of the few people I know in person who actually have a Findom relationship. And I thought it'd be really good to talk through like a good, healthy model of it, because it is quite a heated topic online. So I thought, let's talk about it. Before we get on with the interview, I would like to thank our Patreons. Uh, obviously, everyone in the £1 tier, thank you so much. Uh, you'll be getting this a week early. And thank you so much to our £5 show sponsor tiers, Hans T, Deco Very, Brian C, and The Hairy Hypnotist. You guys are brilliant, and thank you so much. If you'd like to sign up, um, you'd get the episode free from the £1 tier. Uh, £5 tier gets you thanked on the show. And we're also producing um, a little Patreon-exclusive mini-series coming soon. So that's all to look forward to. Uh, if anything uh, you want to talk about raising this episode or writing with suggestions, you can do it on our email, kinkyboyspodcast at gmail.com, on our Twitter, at kinkyboyspod, on our Mastodon, at kinkyboyspod at wolf.group, uh, on our Facebook page, kinkyboyspodcast, or just our Patreon. I uh, hope to hear from you soon, and I really hope you enjoy this this episode. It was a blast to record. So yes, Buster and Toko, welcome to the show. Uh, Buster, we've obviously had you on before for the Mr. Mm-hmm. Leather UK uh, episode. Um, welcome back. And uh, we also have Buster's sub and my fellow boot black, um, Toko. Hello. Hello. Yes. So I wanted to invite you on because you two do a form of play uh, normally known in as Findom. Now, there's a lot of sort of... Uh, Findom's controversial in the kink scene and mm-hmm. wider knowledge. Um, but you two do it in what I perceive as quite a healthy, um, established, consensual way. And I'd like to explore that and talk to you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's start with, like, for people who, who have never heard the term, what is Findom? Is it where you put on a Finnish accent? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Findom... Uh, is uh, financial domination, um, where we use money as a method of control. Cool. So when, you, <laughs> so when you say money as a form of control, um, how does that work in real time? Toko? Um, sure. So I think, uh, this is a really, weirdly, it's a difficult question to answer because I feel that probably because of how we do it, it exists within certain kind of parameters but obviously all or i guess not all kink but a lot of kink is about power exchange Mm -hmm. and money obviously is a form of power um so to kind of give control of your finances in some way or another to another person it's just another kind of aspect of that i would yeah so are we talking like um does Buster make a budget for you? Does he decide what you can and can't spend? Um, one of the more popular, one of the uh, aspects from a lot of the sort of Findom stereotypes on social media is um, talking about paying tribute or a certain <laughs> amount each week. Is that something you have set up? No. So <laughs> okay. for, but I do saying that I do know people who, for example, their doms 
they don't send money to their doms, but if they wish to spend a subsa- substantial oh. amount of money, they have to check in first if they're allowed to. Um, okay. Yeah, which is kind of blurring the lines a bit, I guess. Um, for us, it works that, as you already mentioned, uh, I'm a boot black, and oh. uh, as you know, when we boot black, often people give us money uh, in the form yeah. of tipping. So all my tip money goes to surf. Yeah. Right. I think that that's something that's really, really important when we talk about, like, with power comes responsibility as a dom. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to, like, we're both young-ish people, like, Tokos needs to be younger than I am, but, uh, like, living in London, it's very easy to put somebody in a precarious financial situation. So kind of using something like boot black tips is a way that I can take a uh I, I can set a bar of like i'm taking this much money from you mm-hmm. um and that then i know that that's not going to put toko in a financially precarious position because that money is pocket money basically it's yeah. uh, and, and, and what's important here is what happens to that money mm-hmm. because this is where we see like some of the, the the issues online with how Findom's presented, where somebody the other day was 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 sharing uh, that they were they were having McDonald's, which was being drained from their subs, and it like their McDonald's meal was shown about two pounds online, and it's just absurd. But but the it's about where that money goes. So in our relationship, that oh. money goes on leather. For me to wear and for Toko to care for. Um, so the the big fund has been a pair of Wescos, the custom Wescos, uh-huh. around eight hundred quid. Um, sure, I could stamp my feet and take that off him in the course of a couple of months, but probably not particularly healthy. Um, so we've been building up a fund. Um, various other bits and bobs have been bought uh-huh. from there, um, and that way. Anything that is for anything that comes from financial domination is spent on our relationship. Yes. And I, I think that with all of Kink, what we're trying to do is establish relationships, mm-hmm. whether that's we're establishing a connection uh, through even these kind of like uh, dubious online tributing. You're trying to establish some kind of relationship, and some people really like to be abused and ignored and treated mm-hmm. like shit. And and actually, what you're doing is you have a transactional relationship there, where you're trying to establish that kind of connection with someone. Um, and for, for for us, what we're doing is like we have a relationship built on leather, basically, like as a leather man and a leather sub. Like we have a relationship born on leather, so. It makes sense for us to spend it on that. Yeah. Cool. So it's like a sexy rainy day fund, almost. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and also, yeah. a lot of this came about because... So I... Uh, a very important thing to know about me is that I'm essentially a hoarder. Like, I... In terms of gear, I am a hoarder. I have more leather than I feasibly need and will continue to buy more stuff Um <laughs> because I just like having it. And I was exactly the same with my tip money. So I think the most amount, the, the largest amount that I sent 
sir was over 200 pounds which and which had been sat in a drawer in my bedroom for a year and a half like i wasn't spending it and every time i got tip money i would never spend it i would just put it into my little pot for my tip money but i wasn't actually doing anything it didn't have any kind of function i just Hmm. liked hoarding all the money (laughs) and (laughs) that that's something that yeah i mean even with people that don't have this kind of uh, a a kind of a pot of disposable income it's certainly like essentially what happened here was was we moved from one implicit savings account into another implicit savings account (laughs) it's just who who holds that savings account is is kind of irrelevant but the point is with this that to that exchange is sexually gratifying Mm, and yeah like ultimately we're in kink to get sexual gratification from weird shit so what so you get sexual gratification on what you get to spend the money on essentially yeah so so i i I get a level of for me sex is about power Uh um and i get a level of like it 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 is somewhat one-sided uh in what we do and we'll probably talk about that more later um but the uh toko is getting a sexual gratification from me actively taking money from him so i mean sometimes he will just send me money randomly um and sometimes i will like after the leather social i know he's got money and i will make an effort to ask for it in a mean way because he gets sexual gratification from that all right so sort of give me your lunch money twerp right school bullies (laughs) have a lot to answer for for fetish in general <laughs> and i i really feel like yeah like, and i i joke about give me your lunch money i say that um and and yeah it's something that is kind of i think pretty like it's a key part of of how so many people explore findom is that it it's semi like it's almost violent in its nature and that's yeah. where kind of we start skirting close to an edge when you've got something that is violent in nature uh, and is involving finances. It all starts to get a little bit funny in yeah. people's perceptions and both, like, quite justifiably, there's a lot of people mm. who are seeking to take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, we should talk about because obviously this is a controversial topic because a lot of the highly visible examples are these sort of very aggressive, unethical, um, questionable line fin doms. <laughs> you know, we a lot of people picture of either their feet or them sticking a finger up, demanding money and people to send <laughs> them money. And Twitter is very much plagued with this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I think... and, it, and you're right, there is a very... Um, there sort of seems to be a fetishization of destruction of a person in a lot of those accounts. Like mm. there was a Dom, uh, female Dom. I can never pronounce it because I just say Dom because Dom A, Dom A, Dom. Dom. Anyway, yes. Um, who was basically had a big long Twitter thread about how she financially ruined someone and his 
um or he had to liquidate all his assets because she drained him of so much money and ruined <laughs> his life and but there is like for a lot of the very visual online stuff there is a fetishization of financial destruction of people <laughs> well i think I, 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 shut up boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> men are talking um i think that uh, while there's the big question of like for stuff like that is it true uh that there's because because if you are sexually aroused by that then there's an element of uh that there's there's a pressure on the dom to kind of talk stuff up mm. in a big way but i think the, the 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 question you have to ask when looking at this as with so much in fetish how did we get here what's the mm. history because like you can look at guys in leather now and go like oh, jesus Christ, how did this happen if you look at the leather scene and you go like yeah. what, what, what aberrant behavior is this how do we get to this and then you you get a really good understanding oh right okay mm. we're reclaiming things how do we get to the position where um social media is being used in this way and the like the fetish has grown to to celebrate this kind of behavior mm. Or rather, the online presence has grown to celebrate this kind of behavior. Um, and if we kind of go way back, um, like when uh, certainly what Findom was when I was first kind of out on the scene, I mean, that's 15 years ago. Um, so uh, some people, I dare say, will be able to correct me who've been around the scene much longer than I have and be able to kind of feedback on this but uh my like my first experience of findom was essentially it's a hustle um what you have is a financial transaction in return for a guy maybe sending a pair of underwear every now and again maybe uh like uh, uh, essentially usually it was older yeah. guys trying to get the attention of younger guys almost like uh a, 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 like a daddyish kind of thing but with mm. the roles reversed where it's like oh, actually like these these older guys who are submissive who want to keep money in the family almost and and, and want to um want to support young queer people and ha mm. how do you do that if if as a young dominant guy well there's a, th th there's an option for financial submission rather than sugar daddy which uh, aspect of financial domination from an older guy yeah so I, I feel like if we kind of start from that perspective and go right so what we have is then uh, uh, an act where traditionally speaking the giver is in control so the power is with the person holding the money um as with everything in our society and how do you flip that around so that an older guy can give a younger guy money how can you or or even taking age out of it how do you make it so that giving of money is a submissive thing and that's where i think the idea about kind of almost that bully mentality came in um yeah where it appears like the money is being taken by a virile young powerful person and in turn then you have an aspect of sexual like for a sexually submissive guy mm. there's an aspect of power which is uh which is arousing yeah yeah i think also particularly with people 
on Twitter, you know, posting about how they've drained money from their subs <laughs> or whatever. What you have to realize, of course, is that a lot of what we portray on social media, particularly within kink, is it's a fantasy. Like, yeah. there's there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that, like, no one wants to see the behind the scenes of your session. They just want to see the good bits. Um, and for a lot of <laughs> people, love seeing me taking the piss, though. In well, <laughs> true, but I think that there's a lot of stuff like, um, in order to financially dominate someone responsibly, you have to have a good understanding of their finance. So you would have to, if you were like seriously going to drain someone, you would need to know, okay, how much is their rent? How much are their yeah. bills? You would need to know all that information so that you could effectively drain them, but not to a point where they cannot live, because that's not the point. I'll be like, straight. Like, even if you didn't care about somebody one iota, and you didn't, like, if you're a complete sociopath and you, you didn't care whether that person lived or died, in order to drain them effectively, you need to know them. Yeah. Like you need to know does this first person exactly how much does this person earn and how much do they have in their bank accounts? How much credit do they have? Like what options are available for me to take from? Yeah. Like but, you need to understand who you're defrauding. And this this is a thing, like if uh so often the 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 discussion like it's always doms discussing about how terrible fin doms are and then other doms come in with a bit of understanding and the subs never get asked anything but in in this discourse um around around fin dom um essentially like the the, the doms are talking about about it without the subs almost as a type of fraud like uh politicians might talk about granny being defrauded by some horrible immigrant from romania or something like that and 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 actually that the, the, there is an element of like if you're going to completely drain somebody and somebody consents to that and in the interest of sexual gratification will bankrupt themselves and put others at financial risks as well um, by borrowing money from family and stuff like that, which sometimes happens. You have a, then a question of capacity. Is this person like we all have a capacity as adults to make bad decisions? Like we all are given that legal capacity. Um, there, there's a question if somebody is making such bad decisions on such a regular basis in, and, and they would willingly be drained to nothingness. There is a question about actually dealing with fraud here. Uh, is somebody yeah. being defrauded? Uh, and that, 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 that's an interesting kind of point that is always kind of danced around almost on social media. Um, but uh, once again, it, at Toko's point, it depends on that being true. Something I see a lot of is that the yeah. Findoms, that there are there are different categories almost, and there's an entire category of people who will post receipts. But the receipts they post of like so and so sent you money 
it will have the amount blocked out or written over in a suspicious font. And quite often it is two, three, five quid. But made out to be like these persons, people are taking hundreds. Yeah. There are entire Findom kind of setups almost that will operate almost like a Patreon. Uh, we pay like for a couple of quid almost like that. Their subs are almost feeling a part of a family. Yeah. Almost where, where people who all contribute to, to Master X are are all almost competing with each other and then really it, it, it's nowhere near kind of draining as, as gets made out. But yeah. as with all of these things, like there are going to be some people in the fetish scene who one talk a big game and they haven't got a fucking clue what they're talking about. Yep. Um, and two, there are the people that will go to those extremes there are always the people that will actually cross the line into abuse. And yeah, it's... quite often in, like, I feel like in Findom, we, we talk about those people much, much more than the number of them gives hmm. them credit yeah. for what, like what I will we say. talk about yeah, we talk about abuse more way more than it happens and we talk about findoms in such a shaming way mm. um and and because it's doms having a go at dom and nobody's really having a go at subs but actually what is happening every single time you put out a message that findom is bad you also say financial submission is bad yeah, that's what i was going to say a lot of the a lot of the discourse surrounding financial mm-hmm. submission or rather surrounding financial domination actually to me reads as very patronizing as a sub where it's like oh these poor subs who don't possibly know any better being tricked into giving that giving all their money and i'm like no these are people consensually giving their money within whatever arrangement they have with that dom they're not stupid for desiring to do that or for pursuing that um, yeah, and I find it very interesting that, like, I tend to get a bit defensive actually on on when this discourse comes up because oftentimes it either completely ignores subs or implies that we don't have any kind of autonomy in these situations. But with all power exchanges, it's it's a a very willing give and take. And like uh, the 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 other mm-hmm. thing as well is that. When you've got this kind of kind of coming back almost to the older guy giving to the younger guy approach, like I've I've been approached yeah. a couple of times by older guys when I was younger, when I didn't really understand kind of what was going on, but, but having made some gentle inquiries, I could have lived as a kept man. I could have li- like just paying my rent, my bills. Uh, I could have uh, left my job and gone on cruises around the world and I would not have scratched the sides of these guys' bank accounts. So actually, when you say, oh, I'm draining somebody, but they take a picture from their crummy one-bedroom apartment, like, no, you're not draining these people. No, no. Like, actually, quite often, I mean, there are people who put themselves in severe debt and 
uh, uh, with all things like uh, yeah, if you're... like gambling, it's it's something that has that, that, that there is a big kind of uh, that there is a big area that's kind of red flaggy. But actually, there's this massive area within Findom that never really gets looked at except to throw stones at, and it generates a culture of shame. Um, yeah, and because that's really something I wanted to go into, because one of the things I saw when researching this was a post by someone who got um, had a very unhealthy relationship with Findom. He was a sub. Um, and because of the attitude around it, he had this intense shame around it. Mm. Um, and he got caught into this big shame spiral where he would repress it and feel bad about it and terrible until he got really horny. And then he would like do big donations to one of these shady, weird social online findoms. Never talk to them again, never do them, instantly block them after he's done it because then he'd go back into shame. And it would just be this very unhealthy cycle he was trapped in until we actually met like an in-life dom who talked, who he sat down with and talked to and actually managed to get a shame free, like healthy um, arrangement going. Mm-hmm. And it's like the shame like that can be put upon people. I do feel can be very destructive. Mm which is part of the reason why I wanted to have a show dealing with this. It's like, Hmm. Yeah. I, th- I, I think like any time a kink type of kink shaming is just like, hmm. we all know it's fundamentally unhealthy. That, that said, we do need to hmm. call out bad behavior. Oh, totally. The fetish scene. And I, I think that kind of one of the big things around this that comes up is straight guys. Hmm. Um, that, that what we see on the social medias is, straight guys who have seen the illusion uh, the the theater should we say uh the theater of findom uh where uh say for instance i might take money off somebody i might publicly say i've taken money off somebody i might set out to humiliate that person (laughs) and um and kind of really kind of push things up and escalate things so that uh i then i can post receipts i don't tend to do this on my twitter but i can post receipts and kind of uh, really do that kind of big and that then tends to attract other financial submissive guys who then want to Mm -hmm. kind of match that and, and and what they're looking for is a similar connection and um when like uh, when you then get straight guys coming in who are like all they see is they don't know the kinks in they don't know subs they don't know anything about sub dom they're a group of guys on the the socials who are very keen to just take money yeah and and what you do is end up pushing from uh, uh, from a kind of semi-parasocial situation where ultimately the subs are getting sexual gratification and the doms are like, I get a wry smile, but I don't get a hard-on mm. from getting this money. Um, and uh, so... so, so 
Well, I say that. <laughs> if I beat him up and take his wallet, I get a heart on. But <laughs> that, that, that's attraction for something else. Um, like there's uh, there's a kind of semi-parasocial relationship going on. And then what, when you've got a straight guy, it ends up parasocial. That is what you're doing is you're bleeding money out of a kink community that actually like, the money that that when you follow the money in the findom like the gay findom world, you see the same group of people giving money to like the, the money just goes around in circles all the time that actually it's the same group of people donating to the same people who then give money on and, and like this money gets passed around the same twenty quid has been going around the findom world for the last ten years. And what you then have with these straight guys coming in, seeing the theatre, putting on their own theatre, is actually bleeding money out of the scene. And the there's a, 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 a there's an assumption of power, like you without doing the work. This is the problem. Like when. Like when I was Mr. Leather UK, I got lots and lots of people offering to give me money. Um, I set up a PayPal like oh, <laughs> that was funding my Mr. Leather UK title year. Um, and I got lots of people throwing money in there and buying me tickets to various events that I couldn't yeah. have comp tickets for and stuff like that. And, and that was, uh, like, there was a recognition that I had to put the work in. If I saw one of these guys out after he'd just sent me, like, if we were going to the recon party, mm-hmm. like, one guy bought me, um, uh, like, bought me a ticket because I can't remember why I didn't get a ticket. Yeah. Um, but yeah, got me a VIP ticket and, uh, got me, but basically sent me some money for drinks. And then when I see him out at the party, I have to interact with him. Now there's a, there's a, uh, sure, I could purposefully mm-hmm. and visibly ignore him and treat him with disdain, but I still have to put in the effort. There is a two way exchange going on there, yeah. uh, even though it's lopsided. Yeah. Um, but there's a two way power exchange going on there. Now, if you've got a straight guy coming in who doesn't understand the power exchange, they are not doing the work for this. So actually what you end up with is almost like a breach of contract (laughs) where the social contract between a financially dominant guy and a financially submissive guy is not being honored. And that has become the new norm. I think that's where the problem comes from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I have a few friends that do, like, are professional doms who, you know, people give them money to give them the exact fetish experience they want. And often they Mm -hmm. are asked to dress it up in um, the language of Findom. Mm -hmm. But it is um, a contractual agreement um, which both parties get what they need out of it. Mm -hmm. And again, like, a lot of people with OnlyFans... It's just an OnlyFans account, but they will dress it up in the language of Findom and Finance to sort of generate that feeling and that headspace. I think this is where it also becomes interesting because in my mind, a lot of the straight guys who are doing who are doing Findom Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, one, I think that there's a distinction to be made between finance. This is just because I studied English language and I like making linguistic distinctions between things. But the distinction between financial domination as an act and what I would describe as cash masters. Yeah. Which yeah. is what we're talking about, really. I don't mm. think that they're necessarily the same because cash masters, at least in my mind, are sex workers. Mm -hmm. they're not they're not involved in a in a personal or intimate dynamic with particular subs uh whereby dominating them financially forms part of a broader dynamic Mm -hmm. they are taking money off someone in exchange for sexual gratification Mm -hmm. like which is purely transactional um which isn't to say it isn't still kink but i think it does kind of kind of blur the lines between <laughs> what is sex work and what is just domination i think there's yeah. a question here about whether value for money is being offered yeah. <laughs> like if you're uh, uh, i guess like if people are getting two three quid and posting a picture of them with a mcdonald's milkshake then yeah sure value for money is being offered um but there's uh, like, like quite often there are kind of Findom, like a uh, Findom will set up a website essentially as like an online community. And like, if you like a Patreon, basically various tiers, if you hit a certain tier, you'll get a pair of cummy underwear or you'll get publicly humiliated or like that, the, the, these kind of various yeah. tiers. And like, there, there is a material exchange as i said like that <laughs> those guys tend to do better because one you're putting in the effort like you can't just expect a handout like i think that's one of the thing reasons why people hate the idea of findom because they don't understand the complexity of it yeah they, they, yeah, they think just, it they, is literally a one-way yeah. exactly or and, they think it's free money yeah and and when you get the guys who then come along who want just free money then you have a problem but they yeah. don't tend to make much money <laughs> this is yeah. the thing like like if you're a sub and you give a hundred quid to some foot middle finger grumpy expression cash master weirdo and th- th- they don't do anything like well what's the point yeah like, are you going to do that again, or are you going to give that to somebody who's going to, uh, like, who, who's going to use that to build a, a further relationship with you? Yeah, and a lot of the people who I see as being quite successful findoms and people who were money not a, a barrier I would probably give money to myself. Um, the reason that I feel drawn to do that towards them is actually because their attitude towards it is. One that's like, it doesn't matter if you give me two pounds or 500. The important thing is that you gave me money. Yeah, the symbolic um, act of giving money. Yes, and it is about that kind of symbolism and that power exchange for them, mm. rather than the sheer amounts. Whereas the people who do just see it as free money, you can tell because they're always trying to get the most that more. they can, yeah. trying to get more money from it rather than appreciating the interaction for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, I think that, sorry, Craig, I'm just going to like, I think okay. like as a, a guy who like, I, I don't 
do kind of public findom, but I take money off guys because it's hot and because other people find it hot. Like there's a, look, look, mm-hmm. one of the nice things about findom is that you have an arrangement like so often in life. Uh, if somebody does something nice for you, you then have to be nice to them. And, like living like living in London, speaking with strangers is exhausting. Being a millennial, mm-hmm. there's nothing that terrifies me more than a call from a number I don't recognize. Um, and, and like the kind of random social interaction, it can be quite unpleasant. Mm. And with Findom, somebody can uh, get my apostrophe fingers ready to clang, clang around the word tribute. Mm-hmm. Um, because donate sounds like a charity. Um, so that's why they use the word tribute. Um, yeah, so, so, so somebody can tribute me and like, they're not expecting me to be nice to them. <laughs> and, and <laughs> it's like, actually, there's like, all they're asking for is an interaction and it's quite easy to, have that interaction with somebody um and to uh yeah and, and and to kind of develop a relationship that is not necessarily your standard social relation like usually we build interpersonal human relationships by being nice to each other and in the kink world we're nice to each other and then we beat each other up with sticks and then we're nice to each other again but Within Findom, it's a little bit more skewed than actually that we don't beat them. With, well, not always. Um, like I'm not going to beat somebody with sticks, but actually I'm, I don't have to be sunshine and roses to that person. Uh, I can do a bit of dirty talk and move on with my life. And I mean, that, that is really interesting because obviously, um, like. Because that just brings to mind the conversation around um, emotional labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give it, because it's been, it's one of these terms that's broadened out into a bit of a nothing term. But originally, emotional labor was to describe um, the portion of service jobs like waiters, um, store staff, that where a big part of your job was to perform an emotion for people, namely being kind, mm-hmm. courteous, happy, even when they're yelling at you. <laughs> yes and i work it, in healthcare <laughs> yes yeah exactly and that's sort of an unacknowledged part of the labor you were performing mm. um so to hear you frame it like that i find very interesting mm. i mean part of like i always like to psychoanalyze um kinks like this is why i started the podcast and, I just find it... <laughs> and this is why i I because I'm also very much um, around economics, specifically Marxist economic theory of labor. You know, this is where I start singing the international. Um, <laughs> but we live in a neoliberal society where money is given. Money is the main vector through which all our interactions with other people happen through food, uh, sustenance, um, interaction with other people. Most of it is filtered through money and sort of market logic. Mm-hmm. So to have it sort of sexualized and sort of to use that as a form of sexual domination, 
I find quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, Just... it, like gay guys, ultimately we can sexualize pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah. um, like if if the leather scene can exist, where we hypersexualize uh, mm-hmm. decades of police brutality. Then, then, like it, we can sexualize something as casual as money. Yeah, I mean, money is seen as like the ultimate stand-in for power in our society. If you have money, you have power. The more mm. money you have, the more power you have in society. Mm. So it's very easy to see how, in a power exchange setting, like the willing handing over or the act or role of being forced to hand over money. Um, plays into power exchange dynamics so well Mm. but uh, once again the key thing is there has to be that power exchange dynamic Mm. existing like and and and, uh, i guess the the thing that i'm always coming back to is reminding Mm. gay guys that actually the uh the good findoms aren't slapping their crap all over social media uh, aren't screaming from the rooftops yep. about how much money that that like that's sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're going to talk about power equals money, saying how much you've got and then saying that you're going to drain these pathetic subs, like it's sex talk. But if I'm in the process of having sex, I don't put dirty talk on my Facebook. On my Facebook, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't put dirty talk on my Twitter, right? Because I'm having sex, right? The people that are actually having sex don't need to be screaming about it all the time. Yeah. And yeah. occasionally you'll get like I said, one of my favorite things is to post a taste, one single tasteful photo from a session that kind of summarizes that session. Toko is my plant stand. <laughs> here's a footstool or here's a urinal or whatever. And having like, like nice little summaries like that. And that's what you see from the healthy findoms where actually what they're doing is you see uh, humiliation where humiliation mm-hmm. is clearly being asked for um, by a sub, like they, like they are the first reply after uh, the, the 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 dom has posted how pathetic they are, and then they're going, "Oh, it's just such a pleasure to serve you, sir." And it's like, okay, what you're doing is saying pleasure to do business with you, um, and the you see, so you see this level of humiliation and uh that's clearly consensual and and that's kind of it like the sometimes you might post something like when i buy the wescos uh i will probably post something about how i've taken the money off toko to buy them i won't Hmm. say on social media oh we built this up over the course of nine to twelve months a regular bootback events uh with tips from that and uh i also gave him allowances from this tip from this event in order to pay for the travel and the hotel for that event and we carefully titrate none of that stuff is put on the social media what is put on the social media is the hot stuff which is i've just 
fuck this guy taken his wallet and bought myself a pair of 800 quid boots I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, when you boil it down to that, you can hear yeah. his direction on the other end of the fire. <laughs> well, I think this I'm is... I'm on to you. <laughs> we've heard a lot from, like, the Dom's perspective. So, Toko, what... Um, as a sub, what do you get out of this? What about uh, handing over money is a turn-on for you? So, I am very into power exchange. Um, Total power exchange isn't really something that is completely feasible for us. Um, but I would say, I would say that Sir has an element of control over pretty much all aspects of my life. It's just not total. So he has a level of control over my appearance. He has a level of control over, uh, my sex life. He has a level of control over my finances. Um, and realistically, I just like want to give as much of that to him as i can because i find that very gratifying um and also for reasons i can't really explain sending him money just makes my dick hard like don't know why but it does so yeah that's so much kink isn't it it's just like ultimately this turns you on and you can't necessarily say why but it turns you on i think for me part of it with with like financial submission kind of is that it's weird (laughs) it's like the why am i doing this and then that makes it hot because the fact that it doesn't make sense to me is kind of part of the appeal of it because it is like a social taboo isn't it yeah well i think it doesn't make sense for a lot of people um but this is where it's almost like uh, this is where things get problematic again, whereas if a sub doesn't know why they're getting hard from something, it's very, very easy for words like superior and inferior to get brought in mm-hmm. by a dom. Like, if you're, if you're a dom and you're taking money off somebody and you want that state of affairs to continue with that one individual, uh, regardless of their position, you just want to cement your own position you build a situation where you tell them and they internalize that this is the natural order of things, that you are the superior man, they are the inferior man, that therefore money should flow in one direction. And it's essentially just getting a little bit Nazi-ish. And and it can very much get a little bit fascist. Uh, with with how and this is another thing I think why people so many kind of like the the sensible doms on on Twitter will rail against it because it sounds oh okay this is getting a little bit close to the line where we're talking about superiority of an individual or inferiority of subs yeah yeah but if it's hot it's hot but. I mean, this is my philosophy around kink is kink uh, and the leather community and all the kink communities uh, are there to make a sandbox. So all the stuff that would normally be weird or destructive or just taboo in society, we have this little sandbox where we can explore them safely, where they're filed away from the rest of like our lives. 
mm-hmm. uh, in a way so we can explore things in a healthy way. But we do also need to spend some time just checking in and just going, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe, like, maybe look at why you're wearing that cop outfit. Maybe look at why you're referring to people as an inferior. Maybe we need to at least have an understanding before we get into the sandbox. Yeah. But that's kind it's of know my thyself. Attitude. Yeah, that's my attitude towards all kink. I think that, as I said earlier, a lot of kink is based within power exchange and power dynamics, and a lot of them um, involve either reinforcing or inverting existing power dynamics. So, for example, uh, like uh, we mentioned female doms earlier, that in itself is to flip the power structure that is the society that we mm-hmm. live in on its head we live in a society where men are the privileged group and women are often disadvantaged based on their gender so therefore having a a position in which a woman is seen as as powerful because of their gender is to flip that on its head um and i think that uh, and equally if you have a you know a male a male dominant with a female submissive you're then reinforcing the kind of status quo as it were yeah think that it's inherently wrong to do that as long as you have an understanding and an awareness that that's what you're doing because when we're playing around with power and power dynamics those don't exist in a vacuum and they don't exist Mm. just in kink they exist in and are informed by the society that we live in yeah and that's not to say like if there is a societal reason you are bad for having these. I think that needs yeah. to be made clear. It's it, like, yeah. you're not bad for having them. No one chooses their kink. This is just what your subconscious throws up into the world. And exactly. like, you don't have any control over that. It's just about having an understanding of yourself. Yes, precisely. I think a lot of people get very defensive. Uh, you know, if you talk about that kind of thing, they'll instantly be like, oh, it's kink shaming. It's like, no, it's not kink shaming to acknowledge that you're maybe playing with a something that's a bit taboo and that's yeah. fine you, you're allowed to do that but the second you start going oh no there's nothing wrong with this that's when yeah. it kind of becomes a bit sketchy because if you can't acknowledge that it comes from systems that are oppressive how are you meant to then kind of deal with any issues that might arise as a result like if like i really like being called a faggot and i am not the only person who does but if someone has a large amount of internalized homophobia yeah then the effects that being called a faggot have on their mental health and on their self-perception it could potentially be detrimental and if you won't acknowledge that it exists within a wider context then you don't have the tools to deal with how kink interacts with the real world oh yeah totally um i also think it's important to go the other way which again ties into the overarching theme of this episode which is you can't also then wag your finger and say having this fetish is bad unlike my fetish which is good but your (laughs) fetish in particular is bad and we can't have it in public yeah also brings up issues i mean it's fascinating to me and again like it, it because I have friends who really hate people trying to psychoanalyze uh, their fetishes. And it mostly comes from a place of, because whenever people try to examine their fetishes, it comes from a way of pathologizing their fetishes. Yeah. Which, again, you have to be careful you're not doing that. It's like, 
it can't come from a place of, well, this is something wrong and we're trying to fix you. It's this is just who you are. It's just something you understand about yourself. Um, I, I, I had a thought while I was peeing. Best mm-hmm. time to have a thought um, about like just to add something into the earlier discussion when we were talking about like online perceptions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one one of the issues when you're looking at uh, find on profiles online and when we're looking at mm-hmm. kind of like how people are presenting themselves. Usually, it's like single issue. Like, they are just Findom. And there's nothing else on that Twitter account except for financial domination. And I think that's one of the reasons why people find it easy to dunk on them. Um, Because it's you don't see a personality there. Those individuals aren't sharing a personality. They aren't sharing kind of anything about themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. Out of interest, like, uh, I, I, I... I do kind of have a thought that um, that that might be one of the reasons why they can be quite successful. Um, I always find that the, uh, the, the the weirdest interactions I get online are from people who will willingly project onto me if I don't share a lot of information about myself. People will then project onto me that like from a picture of me during my title year that I am like an uber leather dom who smokes uh-huh. cigars and will spit on them and I'm like no I am a ridiculous person <laughs> and, and and people that for all of the social media like that I put out view me in a way that is nothing like what I put out and it's yeah, their okay. internalized model of that. You, like when people think that, that Toko's a dom because yeah. he wears leather. Yeah. Or... And I'm like, have you met me? No, <laughs> <Yeah>. clearly. But, <laughs> okay. But people will project. Uh, but, but I think that when you have an online presence that is just mm-hmm. one issue, it's like you, if that issue is pr- like it, or if you have an online presence that is one kink, if that kink is vaguely problematic and it's all you're doing, then you end up having a problem. Uh, like, I know that I can get away with putting finned on stuff on my social media and people look at it in the context of the rest of my fetishes and go, yeah, he's a power fetishist. This makes sense. Yeah, but if you're just putting out Findom stuff, and then you're talking about draining somebody, and you're saying that you're straight, and you're you're, you're using like homophobic slurs towards the people that are giving you money and stuff like that, that feels oppressive. Yeah, um, like for a gay man, whether dom or sub or whatever, that feels oppressive. And a lot of the guys that are giving the money to those guys want to feel oppressed. And But what that means is that you end up proliferating that feeling of oppression through people that don't want it. Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of the sort of anger and harsh feelings around public findoms comes from, is that sense of it's forwarding oppression and... And look, there are these people that's just accepting it and encouraging it by giving these people money. And it's like, mm-hmm. that can be quite, bring up a lot of um, powerful feelings in people. Mm. 
it, it invokes yeah. trauma that we've had uh, yeah. when when yeah. we're younger, and 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 I think that yeah that that's one of the 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 reasons. I actually, if you see somebody do Findom, um, I'm sure we've talked about him, you and I, Craig, on mm-hmm. uh, previous podcasts. Yeah. Uh, Sir Dave, Dave does Findom, and he does it on his Twitter profile, but he does it in uh, amongst other things, and you can see when he's doing it within context to what are we uh kind of you can understand that within context and you see this isn't problematic he's a lovely guy yeah and yeah. then it, 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 yeah it's when you just see that and you don't see somebody's struggle i think one of those things that like we all learn as we get older is that everyone you meet is struggling in some way, they're, they're, like they're, they're, they're having their own internal journey um, and they're suffering with something. But if you have a social media that denies that to the world where you're trying to present a particular type of um, perfect alpha male who has no negative feelings apart from the domination of other people, then people react very, very strongly to that. Yeah. And uh, and that, to a degree, yeah. like, for a lot of people, especially if it's for a business like their OnlyFans or that, um, creating this persona is part of, like, the parasocial relationship that is needed um, to form a fan base because people are buying the commodified version of a person, which is the perfect projection and, you know, you see this all the time in, like, non-sexual settings like Instagram. Like, Instagram influencers are the exact same thing, <laughs> just with less sex. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm a kink influencer. Influenza, more like. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've pretty much covered a lot of the topics I want to, but the last one is, because, of course, the, one of the things we always do on this show is safety. Um, so what I want to talk about is, um, if people are trying to get into it, it's like, okay, we, my dom, my dom or my sub, we actually kind of want to do this now. What are healthy limitations of this sort of play? And also what are red flags to look for when engaging with a fin dom or quote, quote, cash master? Um, from a submissive perspective, I think it's important mm-hmm. to be completely transparent mm-hmm. with whoever you're giving money to. Don't over-exaggerate how much money you can give them. Um, be realistic about kind of what you can afford to spare and what you're expecting in return for that money. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, if you want to do it in a way that's going to be healthy, you need to kind of put limits in place and have certain rules and things to make sure that you're not just kind of sending out loads of money, basically, that you can't afford to. Um, and I think that that comes with uh, transparency and trust, which is the case, I think, with all kink things. You yeah. need to have both mm. of those. But I think particularly where money is concerned... Um, yeah, you need to be really honest about like what your financial situation is. Yeah, I think that's something like the transparency and trust thing is really, really important here. From a DOM perspective, like if you're a DOM and you're thinking about doing this, you have to understand that what you're doing is a type of social domestic violence. 
um, mm. like control of somebody's finances uh, is just as much a sign of domestic violence as physical assault. So just yeah. as we learn how to use a whip and warm somebody up and are thoughtful and mindful about how we engage in physical acts with each other, we have to be very, very mindful about how you engage in social and financial acts with yeah. each other. And w I would say this, be prepared to put in the work um there like toko like toko and i have an agreement um one of the prerogatives i have as his dom is i can choose to violate that agreement at any time <laughs> and <laughs> i can say yeah okay we said boot black tips but give me your money and i will do that just <laughs> so you're aware little fucking faggot um, yes sir <laughs> i can hear your smile <laughs> you little shit <laughs> right um so i can and will violate that agreement however i need to know like it's not sexy to blow past somebody's limits and have them go actually i haven't got that much money in my bank account Mm. And I don't have any credit card. And, and basically, it's like, it, it's just fallen flat. And what, you, what you're doing in that moment is just demanding money from somebody who can't give it. And, and you may as well walk up to a stranger in the street. You have to understand minute by minute and kind of like uh, broadly speaking, i.e. how much does this person earn a year, how much their mm. rent, but also like how are they doing this month? To be able to then say, you'll send me a hundred quid. Now. Don't fuck me around. Send me a hundred quid now. And then I might do that, take that and stick it in a savings account. And then if he's particularly broke, I can give it back to yeah. him. Like, shit, it's the fan. But it's like, I have to understand what's going on on a micro level as well as a macro level. And there has to be a... Uh, there, there is a much greater, like, if you have a BDSM session and you mm -hmm. kind of go past the yellow zone and you, you, um, you, you go into red territory, like safe wording, like you have a bit of downtime and it's fine. Like if you drain somebody, uh, apostrophes, like, yeah. and they can't buy food and then you've spent that money, on some frivolous purchase, you then have to take the consequences of that. Yeah. And that will be permanently damaging to your relationship. Or permanently damaging to your sub. Now, if that's your property, then you, you then have defective property that you need to fix. Mm. Because that will have an emotional effect as well, and it will affect the trust between you. And that could then spiral. Something where you're playing with Findom can then spiral to affect the rest of your relationship as well. Um, so the, the, the it's all very well having, like, say, for instance, uh, the it's it's almost how do I put this? Like the gambler's fallacy. Um, if you have an arrangement where you take a hundred quid a month off a sub, for example. And on payday, it's a direct debit. 
right? That's not sexy for anyone, <laughs> right? And the what you have to do as a fandom is constantly shake things up. That is, you're reasserting your dominance in new and interesting ways so that it doesn't become routine. Because otherwise, and this is what happens with those those guys online, is the amounts go up and up and up. Now, if you're used to, like, if you've got a reasonable salary and you're mm-hmm. used to spaffing 100 quid every time you're horny on a random like cash master on Twitter and that stops working for you, what are you going to do next? It's going to be 200 quid and 500 quid. And in order to get off, you need more and more and more. And actually what you, what you actually need in that situation is change (laughs) of some description. You need an interaction. You need, Oh, actually like I'm demanding the money from you early this month. And then it comes off a credit card or something like that. But then you don't ask for the money later. So it immediately gets paid off. So actually you're in the same financial situation as was agreed in those kind of initial limits, but you're shaking things up regularly. Because otherwise it becomes a direct debit. Like it becomes a bill and bills aren't sexy. Because it it is um, the human brain basically has a poor rate of returns on repeat (laughs) actions for dopamine. Like the more you do an action, the less dopamine you will get for it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is true of everything in all, like getting into routine can kind of kill the buzz. Mm. So, but yeah, as you said, it sounds super important to actually understand the financial workings of the sub in this situation. Mm -hmm. Like understand when they can afford, when they can't afford, and you know, when they ha- can afford to use that, when yeah. they can afford, you don't just sit there idly. Like if you want to be like, it's your job. At, like the, 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 the thing is as a, as a Dom or as a human being, it's very nice getting money and the more money mm-hmm. that we can get, the better. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of you have to fight your own best interests. Your own best interests as a as a dom are to allow the subs' uh, rate of giving to go up. That is for that that return to to, to, to like the, uh, essentially for that for that. In order to get off, they have to give you more and more and more. And and that is very attractive because hey, I would like random two hundred quid from strangers. Um, also, uh, recon.com Buster BDSM, <laughs> twitter.com forward <laughs> slash Buster BDSM, hit me up, um, <laughs> paypal.com, uh, paypal.me forward slash musculature. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, like, like it's hot getting that. Uh, 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 but the job of the Dom is to regulate things and make things interesting. So that doesn't need to happen. That is your lowest common denominator way of making things more interesting. Mm-hmm. It is the lazy option for making things more interesting. If you just have to turn up an amount, like if you go, well, yesterday you took 10 spanks and today you'll take 11 and tomorrow you'll take 12. Like that's not an interesting kink life. New things are what's interesting. How can I add something new? That is, I I might go shopping with my cash slave, and 
knowing that they have the money, I will take their wallet. I'll make them take out the money in advance, and I will take their wallet off them at the cash at the uh, at the cash desk and take the cash out of their wallet and hand them back their wallet. I will say, as someone who works in kink retail, <laughs> I have seen that happen multiple times. And, and my, as soon as that happens, I stop making eye contact with the person who's who's just handed over their wallet and mm-hmm, only address yeah. the dom. I completely blank the sub as though they were not there because yeah. that is clearly what the dynamic. They was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, uh, but th- th- that's the thing where it's like, okay, you've had to do something new. So you've established this for a while, and then you're going to meet them. And instead of demanding your usual tribute, you say you'll take out cash, and then you rob them blind in front of somebody else. And that's something hot to do. And it doesn't involve the amount of money going up. The amount of money always has to be capped. Yeah, it it basically plays into the public aspect of Mm -hmm. making a spectacle of it, of yeah. making a scene of it. Yeah, I can get that. But you have to do it in such a way that you're not involving a bunch of other people in your mm. fetish. Like, yeah, I mean, that's always something to be very wary of, which is, like, people in shops didn't agree to a lot of this. Obviously, mm-hmm. Toko, you work in a <laughs> fetish <Yeah>. store. <laughs> but even then, I've heard horror stories of people assuming because, like, someone's an assistant in a sex shop, they'd be down for stuff, which... They are not. It's like, put some thought into this, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are there any sort of big red flags when sort of tentative getting into a relationship with a bindom that people should look out for? I think, personally, it sounds weird to say, but look for someone who is a human being. Like I was saying, a lot of the people I would consider to be good bindoms are the ones who show other aspects of their personality or the ones who 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 you know they'll post something new that they bought and be like tribute fags it doesn't matter if you send me 50 pence or a hundred dollars and it's the the people who who are people who want to interact with other people using this as a tool to do that rather than just people looking to make a quick buck basically yeah and uh, once again it comes down to connection right and trust are you thinking about giving this person money because you want to develop a connection with them in which case are they willing to develop a connection with you yes exactly like there there has to be a two-way flow you have to get something for your money and like there's um there has to be like or at the very least like you, you, you once again like i had lots of people supporting my title year they mm-hmm. have to be like you want to find somebody who's doing the work yeah who's putting in the effort to make everyone's lives better or yeah. your life better and you can give them money for that and there's a minimal kind of exchange there like some people use the word superior there like when I was Mr. Leather, I got lots of people giving me money because superior. And what that actually meant was a guy 
who's talking sense, who's shaking stuff up and pissing people off, mm. basically, who's arrogant enough to assume that he knows what he's doing. And like that, that is still like that's a transaction that you so, can yeah. get behind. It, like even if you're not interested in developing a one-to-one relationship with somebody, you can yeah. you can engage in it in a parasocial way where you are supporting somebody almost, yeah. but you're giving to them because you're you're aroused by that. Yeah, it's um. So what subs need to do is go down to the news agents, get the latest copy of which magazine and look at what <laughs> cash doms give the best value for money. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> but yeah, you just got to kind of find somebody who aligns with your interests as well yeah. in that regard. Like, yeah, like if you, if you want a CK rights activist supported, then, then go and support a mm. fin dom who, who agitates a lot for for inclusion and diversity if you want to develop a a humiliation relationship develop like uh, and be publicly humiliated give to somebody who will do that yeah Um, what i would say the red flags are is a demand for an amount without a pre-existing consent relationship going on Mm. Or so I that, would actually say just a demand for a, an amount, like without an understanding of your financial background. Yeah, that's well, like tribute me, faggot, is one thing. But on the other hand, like even if you're putting out, you will send me 50 quid just to Twitter as a whole. That is a red flag. Cause exactly. It's saying, well, actually, the people that can afford Can't. it least are just as likely to be affected yeah. by that message. And also what it is saying is that, or fundamentally what it's saying is, if you don't have X amount of money, you can't afford my time, mm. which yeah. isn't, to me, that's not what financial domination should be about. Like, yes, you are really, realistically, you're paying for someone's time, mm. but the point should be the exchange of money and the exchange of power within that, not the quantity. Yeah, otherwise it's sex work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in which case, if you're negotiating with a sex worker, you're having a negotiation ahead of time that establishes consent and a transaction ahead of time. Whereas if you're just throwing money, there is no kind of, there's no pre agreement on that in any way. Yeah. And that said, feel free to tribute me. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't like if the you word want real. If you want, I want, I want real... advertising. I've given you three podcasts, Craig. <laughs> I have been, um... like, I have been the sugar daddy of content for you, and now <laughs> it's time to bleed your subscribers. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they should all just donate. The cash pig should just donate to the Kinky Boys Patreon first. Yeah, actually, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I own the means of production, so I, so your <laughs> labour ne- means nothing. I get all the funds. You know, we live in a li- neoliberal society. Tough shit. <laughs> yes, everyone, everyone, go tribute Craig via Patreon. <laughs> tribute the sub. <laughs> Well, I do want to, I always joke about, oh, I'm a cash sub, you know, dominate me by pushing all this money into my thin little wallet. (laughs) (laughs) 
Your wallet's so tight. So tight and virginal. Oh, and your wad of money's so big. I hate this. <laughs> I love Sit it. Sit in your so discomfort. <laughs> he does that on an alarming level. Uh, alarming basis. <laughs> <laughs> I said you uh, say that, but I actually like pain. I'm fine with moderate discomfort. I hate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm the same. But yes, I think we've come to right. the end of the show. We... Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So, where can folks find you? What do you do? What projects do you want to plug? Um, Twitter.com forward slash Buster BDSM. Uh, <laughs> trans women are women. Trans rights are human rights. Uh, stand up. If you're in the LGBT community or if you're in the kink community, you need to stand up and be an effective ally. That's my project. Uh, yeah. Uh, recon.com forward slash Buster BDSM, twitter.com forward slash Buster BDSM, paypal.me forward slash musculature. <laughs> okay. Uh, Token? I am at bootblacktoko on pretty much all platforms. So Twitter instagram recon uh because people can never spell my name it's t-o-u-k-o like tom of finland so now people will finally get the reference um d- yeah uh what do i have to promote um i do like You're commis- lacking at events yeah, and commissions because yeah, that's my I, money little yeah. shit <laughs> so obviously i boot black at events if you see me do come and get your boots done uh, I also do commissions for like restoration work and stuff that's a bit, you know, more of a project. So you can see a lot of my work on my Instagram and please commission me. Come get your boots done. If you don't get your boots done by me, Craig is also very good. Also remember to yes, tip. Yes. Remember to tip. Tip, tip your, boot your boot black. black. Tip your boot black. Um, and yeah, I mean, so I already said what I was going to say, which is that yeah. trans rights are human rights. So. <laughs> You beat Brilliant. me to it. Yeah. Yep. As always. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Uh, thank you both very much. I'm sure I would love to have you on again because there are many topics we could talk about. Um, so, yes, listeners, I hope you enjoyed. I hope this has been enlightening for you. And I hope you play safe. Good night.